what, what God can give us from this scripture. But Titus chapter number 1, verse number 1, I'm going to read quite a bit of this here, but we'll begin in verse number 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city, as I had appointed thee. I'm going to stop there for just a minute from Titus 1, and we're going to, I'm going to, I want to set this up for just a second before we get into what, what God has on my heart to preach to you this morning. So to consider Paul being, of course, a mentor to Titus, um, and, and you find Titus and Timothy, these, book, these books together here, and you find Titus being one of the uh, men that would learn from Paul and would glean from the teachings of, of the Apostle Paul. And as Paul had left Titus, he was giving him some advice and telling him what he would face and what he would come up against in his faith, in his walk, in his ministry. And he says... To Titus, my own son, after the common face, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order things that are wanting. So in other words, he's saying there are some things that are lacking. There are some spiritual issues that you're going to find that you're going to have to work on. And not only are you going to have to work on those things, but he says, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. He challenged him and he told him that you're going to have to, to find people and, and you're going to have to identify people that are going to be leaders. You're going to have to put them in the position to lead because you can't do it on your own. You're going to need their help. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, and he goes on to give him the qualifications of the elders, and these still stand true today. It's not what I'm preaching on this morning, but I just want to make that mention that this is still important today. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Now I read all this to read this next scripture beginning in verse number 10. It says, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Under the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled, defiled, 
and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for yet another opportunity to gather in your house. We thank you for this word. God, we know that is this word that we grow from, that we glean from, that we go from in this world, that we face all the things we come up against, all the circumstances, trials, troubles, tribulations, all the answers are in this book. We know today as we study, we pray that we would learn and know that our walk and our beliefs and our doings are pure and holy, not false religion, not things made up, not traditions that we are clinging to that are not rooted in your word, but God, what we're doing and the way we're living is reflecting of you. We love you, God, and we thank you for all that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'd like to preach to you this morning with the help of the Lord, resisting false religion. Resisting false religion. And we know that we are living in a day of false religion. And we know that there is a good religion. Paul even mentions it. I don't remember exactly where. But we know that he even uh, mentions, or maybe it was actually in, in the book of James, but it, it's mentioned in God's word that there is a pure and there is a good religion. We know that that is the things that God gives. That's the blessings that God give, gives. That's religion where he is the king. He is the father. He is the leader. The things that man have made up have greatly, greatly taken people off course, have greatly confused people. And as we've studied, we were talking and reading in our Sunday school lesson concerning baptism, concerning uh, things like, uh, like communion, things of those nature, uh, things like that that have become ritual rather than just a, a righteous stand for us to say we're going to do this in honor of the Lord. Um, but there are some people on some sides of the aisle that would want you to believe that's your baptism that gets you to heaven. There's some people that would want you to believe that it's your church membership that gets you into heaven. I've got a certificate of baptism that I got when uh, I was baptized uh, however long ago. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't have that anymore that I know where it's at. But that's not what's going to get me into heaven. I don't, I, I'm not going to be going crazy worrying about having that to take with me uh, to stand before God. Because he knows that prior to that baptism, that there was something that changed inside of me. That I got truth inside of my heart. I got truth in, in, and accepted him into my life. And so when I stand before him, I don't need a date. I don't need a piece of paper. I don't need anything else that I could conjure up. But knowing and knowing that when I stand before him, that he sees in me the blood applied. That's what matters. And so what Titus is facing and dealing with is, a, is false religion. He's dealing with tradition that is tremendously messed up. He's, he's dealing with religion and tradition that is so rooted and grounded in, in man's own uh, achievements of trying to, to make themselves look big, make themselves look powerful. It's, it's destroying the church. It's messing up people's lives. And it's specifically the Jews that were doing this. It was God's own, it was Jesus' own people, the people that, uh, that he came from, the people that he walked with, the, the way he lived, the things he done. It was his own people that were saying, you've got to do this to be saved. If you don't, if you're not circumcised, you're not going to get in on the other side. If you're not part of this, if you haven't chosen to do this, you're not going to get into heaven. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of churches that are selling that lemonade out front. There's a lot of churches that people come by and they make them feel like what they have in their heart's not good enough because they haven't done this or hadn't done that. I remember when I first uh, started to preach, 
surrendered to my call, my call to preach, and I preached up here at Laurelton Chapel, uh, my first time ever preaching, and uh, then preached at our church the, the Sunday after. And there was a lady that came up to me, and she said, the first thing she said to me, not that was a good message, or I'm, we're so appreciative for you preaching, and I'm not complaining, I'm just saying, uh, she come up to me, and she said, where are you going to go to Bible college? And almost like that, 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 was the, that was what I had to do to be able to preach. And, you know, that turned me against Bible college for a while just because uh, I thought, well, if that's how people are going to act, I'm just going to be rebellious. But, uh, but either way, and I, and I had to work through that spirit. But, you know, we're living in this world where that's what all people care about is, what did you do this or did you do that? Did you say this? Have you took part of this? And, unfortunately, people are walking in and out of these doors, and they're thinking that their baptism is what gets them into heaven. They're thinking that they're the, the communion. There's a lot of lost people that take part in the communion, I'm afraid, and they take part of communion, and they don't see the true root meaning of it. And they think that, oh, I'm doing this. I'm taking the blood. I'm taking the body. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to get into heaven. We have turned rituals into this religious thing that, that makes people feel like they're getting something that they're not. And that's what Paul is warning Titus of. He's saying in verse 10, he says, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. That was Paul's own people. If I remember correctly, he was the chief of those people. He was the smartest of those people. He was the, the, the best Jew that had, had most likely, as far as ever came out of their schools, as far as knowledge goes, he was smart. He was up there. But he said it was those of the circumcision. He's saying that these Jews, they're trying to, they're trying to, to mess you up. They're trying to get you mixed up. They rejected Christ. Many of them, they didn't want him. They turned him away, and here they are. They're teaching these things. You've got to, uh, if you don't follow this old tradition, you're gonna, you're gonna be lost, and 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 you're not gonna go to heaven. If you don't follow something that Jesus already fulfilled, you're not gonna be able to get in on the other side. I am not saying that we shouldn't have standards, and we know we should. But you, as a Christian, God and His Spirit through His Spirit will deal with you about the way you need to live, the things you need to do. That old saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That is so true it is in your own walk in your own life if you need something to change if you need to cleanse yourself if you need to get better it will take the spirit to, to do that for you now i believe that through instruction through god's word we should be told hey we don't need to be doing this we shouldn't be living this lifestyle we shouldn't be following this we shouldn't be acting this way we shouldn't treat people this way but i tell you it's the spirit that makes that change if i am leaning into something if i'm not doing something because somebody told me i shouldn't i'm not doing it for the right reason but if i I live a certain way because this word says it because the spirit dealt with me about it and I got that out of my life I am living according to God's word and that is a sign that you've got regeneration in your heart because you're being guided by that spirit and it's important when we learn to resist false religion that we can identify it as we as the scripture is even says try as far as trying the spirits we know that it's important and and as I've said I mentioned recently you go out dealing with people in the world, especially today, they know what's real and what's fake. You go deal with some of these poor inner city people. You go deal with some, some poor people out, out way out in the mountains. They know what you're there for. They know if what you're trying to do to them is generous or not because they've had everybody and their brother coming by offering them something. But unfortunately, some of them, people, they can, people can come by and they say, well, you just need to do this, this, and this. You just recite after me. You say this prayer right after me and you'll be saved. Or you just get, send us you know, three easy payments in 1995 and we'll send you a little blessed uh, spit cloth or, or snot rag and you'll be saved. People are selling that mess. 
And that's what Titus is dealing, or that's what Paul's dealing with. He's first, he's dealing with the rowdy religious. There are some rowdy religious out there. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. There are some rowdy religious people of our own kind. And our, and our church is just like this one. And church is just like the ones up the road. People that grew up like you, grew up not like me. And honestly, if you sit down and talk to them, to them they believe almost exactly what I believe. Remember one time, I had a friend ask me to go to a, uh, to a revival with him. And we went, and this, this preacher got up there, and man, he just instantly, he was just preaching the house down and slinging, shouting, spitting, throwing stuff. And, you, you know, you see, you see this stuff in camp meetings and revivals and things, and I thought, man, this is dry as a bone. There are people, there's somebody running a lap, and there's somebody doing all, you know, screaming, shouting, hollering. And I'm not making fun of that at all. I believe in the spirit. That's all right. But they want no spirit to it. And the guy that I went with, he's just all into it. And I'm like, hold on just a second. I think I'm getting sold something that ain't right. I think that they're trying to sell something to me that doesn't feel genuine, that doesn't feel good. Hey, he's of the circumcision. His, he's, he's of the circumcision. He's a, that, that boy that I went with, he is a Christian. I guarantee you, I felt his, the spirit off of him. But I tell you, unfortunately, there's been a little bit of deception laid. There's been a little seed of deception. There's been just a, a little bit of that vain talking that's been put in there. There's just been just a little bit, especially they of the circumcision. There's been somebody that he trusts. There's been somebody that he loves. There's been somebody that he looks up to that's told him, hey, this is a good person. Follow him. Get behind him. You know what? It wasn't that long. And that, that specific person we were preaching to, there were some things that come out in his life that, that I, I wouldn't even talk about behind this pulpit because there were some evil things inside. And unfortunately, people get behind that. They like the loud stuff. They like the, the spitting and the shouting and, as people would say, swinging over hell on a, on a pool noodle and whatever. People get arrogant about these kind of things. It's just almost crazy the type of stuff people will say. But they are selling people false religion even inside of Baptist churches. We've got to be careful because there are some rowdy religious people, people like that. People like the, the pomp. They like the, the big attitudes. They like the, well, I'm old so-and-so, and I got the, the suit on, I got the big tie, and I drove in the big BMW, and I got the pocket square, and I got this, and I got that, and I'm carrying my Bible with me. And I, People love that. They eat that stuff up. It's hard to get people to find a, follow a humble person because it requires humility to follow humble people. They love the rowdy religious. We've got to be careful what we're, what we're eating up. If that's all the feed you're getting, you're, get, you're going to get in trouble. If that's all you're growing from, you're not going to go far. Because that kind of mess, that rowdy religion, it's not worth anything. God doesn't like it. Matter of fact, I believe he despises that. You think about Jesus. I think specifically about that woman that was caught in adultery. Now Jesus came to her. She had committed a sin and any other day of the week, had Jesus been in any other town on any other road, they'd have stoned her to death right there. What did he do? He showed her compassion. He showed her love. He showed her care. That rowdy crowd, they didn't want that. You watch a lot of these people that try to make themselves look like they're something. You let one person do something wrong and they're stoning them. They're supposed to be Christian people. Little packs of preachers running around wanting to, wanting to, wanting to just, just, let's just go ahead and stone them right here. That's evil. That's unruly. That's rowdy. That's deceptive. And that says, 
For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Supposed to be a Christian, but you're rowdy. That's false religion, friend. The rowdy religious. Verse number 11, it goes on, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy, filthy lucre's sake. There are some rowdy religious people, but there are some reckless religious people out there. Reckless people. You say, well, when it says whose mouths must be stopped, that sticks out to me a lot. That means that there's something coming out of here that doesn't agree with what come down from up there. That means that the things that they're spewing out, the things that they're telling people, the things they're teaching, what they're trying to make people believe doesn't reflect the Lord. That's of the circumcision too. I, man, I, and I love the King James Bible. I do. I believe it's God's word to the English-speaking people. But man, I'm telling you, I, I was in a discussion with somebody one time, and, uh, and I said, you know, unfortunately, I've even heard people get behind the pulpit with this King James Bible and just not like they didn't even read it. So stuff that they said. You, you hear people sometimes, I, I saw something one day. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, I'm just saying I saw something one day and somebody had, uh, you see, it was a little calendar. And uh, had little, you could pull the little days off. And there was a little inspirational quote. And, uh, and they, they had put a quote on there and it had a verse quoted to it. And it wasn't, you couldn't find it in any version of the Bible out there. The people just, they don't pay attention. And they don't care. They don't uh, realize that the things that come from our mouth, the things that we create, the things that we do, they matter. The things that we say. I say stuff all the time. And I get in the car or I get home and I'm like, man, I should have worded that differently. I should have said that differently. I think that's just part of life. I think things that maybe I say to Shelby or, or things I say to my family sometimes, I'm like, man, I just should have said that differently. I'm letting a little frustration out or whatever it may be. I should have handled that differently. But I'm telling you, these people that are spreading false religion knowingly, actively, wantingly to do that and spread that uh, nastiness mess, what does it say that they're doing? It's going on, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. What it comes back to is those re reckless religious people, they are trying to gain something financially. They're trying to gain something earthly. They're trying to build up something here on this, on this side. You see, and you hear people joke with the televangelists in their jets and this and that and the other. I tell you what, it's not just the televangelist. It's not just the people flying around private jets. It's not just the people driving in big cars. It's people in churches this size. It's the people in churches down the road with 100 people, with 200 people. Oh, we know we got somebody coming to the church and they got money. I'm going to just butter them up one side and down the other. I need those tithes. I got to keep my job. I got to. We have turned church into this business and God hates that mess. He despises that filthy lucre and unfortunately, there are offering plates full of it because of what people up here, what people in those Sunday school rooms, what people standing behind microphones are selling is false religion. That's reckless. That is reckless. And I tell you what, I would hate to stand before God and know that I had done anything in this church house. I had done anything in his name for some kind of benefit financially. That's a shame. We've got to be careful. There's somebody one time, singer, and I, I I'm a, and I, I feel like I'm talking bad about people, but I believe I'm justified in verse number 13. We'll read that in just a minute. Yeah. There was a singer and a preacher one time. They called guy I knew, pastor I knew, called and he said, I, "I've got you on my heart. I'd love to have you come preach for us." First thing the guy said, "How many how many you run in your church?" 
If you ain't willing to preach to one person or a stick, I don't care if it's a stick, if God tells you to preach, you ought not do it. He wanted to know how many people would be there. Got to make sure you keep the numbers up so you can get the, the bigger offerings. Say, well, you don't know that. That's what it sounds like. That's what it looks like. Sounds like a pig, smells like a pig, it's a pig. That's reckless. That's reckless religion for filthy lucre's sake. Look at this. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. We wonder why people don't want to come in the church house, but it's most of the time because we've sent people out hurt. We've sent people out in pain, and it's our own people. It's those, and these Cretans, here's Titus, or here's what Paul is telling Titus. He's telling you that there is a prophet from Crete that tells me, and it's true. They tell me, and it's true, but they are always liars. They're evil beasts, and they have slow bellies. They're evil people. They're messed up people. And then Paul says in verse 13, this witness is true. You know what these rowdy religious people and these reckless religious people have done? They've made the church look like a mess. They've made the church look bad. They've drugged God's name through the mud. I remember every time I would do something bad growing up, and I'd come home and I'd sit down and talk to mom and dad. And dad would always say, son, more, really, more than anything, you drug the Lord's name through the mud. And then you drug our family name through the mud. You made me look bad. And I you don't talk about feeling about that big. But you know what? When you get a hold of that, you realize that your decisions, they have consequences. Everything I'll do with that little boy, he will walk through his life remembering. Maybe not right this moment, but there's coming a day he will remember how I treat him. He'll remember when I'm there for him. He'll remember what I'll do for him. You will remember what I do for you. You'll remember how I help. You would remember how I'd pray. You would remember if you needed me in the middle of the night and I actually came to be there for you. You will remember that. And I tell you what, these people that you work with, people that you see in the grocery store, the people you go to church with, they remember. What, how, what a shame it is that here in Crete, Paul, he's, and he had patience. I, he had some patience. You think about how he, how he handled the church at Corinth. He told them he loved them. And man, they made a mess of things. Think about how, how this, these, this prophet in Crete, he's saying, these people are evil. And it was true. You know, these rowdy religious people, these reckless religious people, all they do is solidify to people walking through this world, people that would drive by and never darken the doors of this church. They say, you know what? Unfortunately, there are some people in that church, and that's true. They're, they're just they're evil people. They're liars. They're, they're not truthful. They're not honest. They're mean. They're bitter. That's a shame. That's false religion, though. And false religion keeps people out of the doors, and it keeps people that are inside the doors from ever growing. There's reckless and rowdy religious people. But Paul gives Titus very, very clear instructions here in verse number 13, and I'm almost done. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. That's why I was saying. I'm not, a, I, I'm not trying to appear and gossip about people. I wouldn't give you names, or you probably know who, I'd talk, who I was talking about if I did. But Titus was giving clear instructions. Rebuke them sharply. I'm telling you, we're, we're in a day, and Shelby and I were talking about this the other day, is we were, you know, we're in a day where you can't say anything to anybody. 
somebody gets crossed out on the street and they'll they'll throw themselves down in front of a car and draw up some kind of uh, law you know lawsuit against you or whatever. I remember I was working at Ingalls and there was a woman. We had just got mop, mop, done mopping the floor, and we had went back and dried the floor really well. That was important. They, they made sure that we did that. And she comes through, and I, now when, when they gave me a task, I tried my best to do it, and I know, I promise you, Papa, that floor was dry. And she comes up to the front. She had a hold of her back, and she was walking as slow as she possibly could, and I was like, oh, no, what happened to this lady? Ma'am, you okay? You all right? I fell right there beside the wet floor sign. Now, I know, I know that floor was dry. And they pulled the camera up, and you could see she threw herself in the floor. I mean, just threw herself in the floor. You know what? It made me look like I wasn't doing my job. And then it was my word against hers. There are people out there like that. You know what my manager did when he watched that video? He rebuked her sharply. He followed God's word. He told her what for. She was being dishonest. She was being rowdy. She was being reckless. She got rowdy after he rebuked her, but <laughs> it, got, it was a mess. God wants us to rebuke the false religion. If you have truth in your heart, you ought to live in a way that you are on the battlefield for the Lord looking for that false religion. I want to, because you know what? There's so many people that fall into it, and they're good people. And they just believe everything that's for sale. They take everything that they're handing out. What does he want us to rebuke? There, verse number 14, it says, Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. He wants us to rebuke the unholy. First off, he wants us to, unrebu- wants us to rebuke unholy tradition. I'm all about tradition. I don't like change. I'll just be honest with you. I don't like change. There's some change that I'm good with. I like, but I don't like change. I've got the same car I was driving five years ago. I got the same truck I was driving eight years ago. I, li- I got the same shoes. I'm wearing the same shoes right now. I can't handle just everything changing all the time. I want to know if I go buy something that I can buy it again if I need it because I like to buy things that last. I want to know that if I go somewhere to eat that it's going to stay open because I like to know if I need to go somewhere to eat, I like to know where I can go. That's tradition. I'm that way, and I'm sorry. But there is some tradition that is not good for you. There is some tradition that we hold on to that that hold people up up from growing. There's tradition that people stick to that keep churches from growing. There's tradition people hold to that keep Christians from growing. There's traditions that we stick to that will keep you from going anywhere past being saved in your Christian life, and the devil loves it. He loves that kind of tradition. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. One of the things that sticks out to me about the Jewish people is how much they valued their history. And I appreciate that. I am that way. I love to know my history. I love to know our nation's history. I love to know the world's history. But specifically, I love to know my family history. But I tell you what, I can let that keep me from going anywhere in the future. Well, there's a family down the road that my family didn't like before I was even alive. And I'm just going to, you know what? This has just been a family feud for all these years. I'm going to stick to it. There are people that do that. Well, he did something to my daddy when he was in the second grade. You know what? If we're not careful just because they've offended someone we love, we'll live in that. We'll let that tradition stick on down through the future. There's some people that hang on to family traditions that keep alcoholism 
going in their lives. They keep immoral marriages going on in their lives. They keep things that, that, that they shouldn't have in their heart going on in their lives. There's some tradition we pass down that's not good. And God wants us to rebuke that unholy tradition. Whew. Goes on. Rest of verse 14, it says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. God wants us to rebuke unholy teachers. When you see somebody that's, sell, that's, that's out there peddling all things that are not the truth, that are not of God, in God's name. Now, if they're out there in the world's name, in their own name, they're not affiliated with church. I mean, yeah, we want, we're against that. But especially people in the fold, people of the circumcision, people of our own, the other Christians, we need to rebuke those teachers because there are people that will get up and try to teach things and try to share things, especially in the name of the Lord. That's wrong. We need to rebuke those things. And people of the world, through the preached word of God, maybe we don't rebuke them directly. Maybe we don't get to face them face to face, but there are certainly people that come into, the, into God's house. They hear that teaching of the world. We can rebuke that right here. But if there's a man behind the pulpit, if there's a leader of a Sunday school class, if there's a singer, if there's a, someone in the church that's a leader, that's a false teacher, we need to handle that. We need to deal with that. Not to say that God, not, God, not to say that God doesn't offer a door back in, a way back in, because when it says, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. God's not wanting to rebuke them to kill them. He's not wanting to take their lives, but he's wanting to make sure that they're sound in the faith. Rebuke the only unholy tradition. Rebuke the unholy teachers. But verse 15 and 16 says, Under the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Man, that's a, that's a sad statement right there, ain't it? Their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know him, but in good works, <clears throat> but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient, and to every good work reprobate. We need to rebuke unholy testimonies. Because when your works are considered reprobate, that's a long way far gone from the Lord. You know, if someone's turned to a reprobate mind, that's a that's literally, that's, uns, that's unsavable. God, God's, God's done at that point in time. There are some unholy testimonies out there. There are some people, and, and we find Paul even dealing in, uh, in the scriptures about how that as he sent men out to preach and teach, how they would identify with the preacher. Well, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Pastor so-and-so, I'm... It's God that gives the increase. I believe these unholy testimonies, they're looking for rowdy people to lead. They're looking and they follow reckless people. They're looking for false religion and they get behind that because they know truth will seek them out. You ever notice as they say birds of a feather flock together? People with church, if they have a disconnect spiritually, if they have a disconnect traditionally, if they have a disconnect in 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 their testimony they'll find a church that fits and forms to their needs I'll say that again they'll find a church that fits and forms to their needs well 
I got to do this. I like to do that. I, I like to have this. This church is perfect. I've talked to people that they're looking for an opportunity to be able to do what they want to do and be accepted still. And you should. I mean, you should, you should open the door for people, but we want to see a change. If you're of the world, if you've got an unholy testimony, if, you, if you're an unholy teacher, if you've got unholy traditions, well, and to me, hopefully God will change that heart. And you welcome them into his house. But unfortunately, they're being put in positions. They're being put into leadership. Got to be careful. Because we eventually get to the point where there, there's only one voice left that will rebuke. False religion, it's a wildfire. We got to be careful. We looked and we talked earlier concerning baptism. I believe it's an important thing. I think about over in the book of Acts, the Ethiopian eunuch. He wanted to know, what does it take to be baptized? That's what he saw. The world sees that. They're attracted to that. They're drawn to that. And it's a good thing for you to do. But he found out really quickly that you had to be confessed. You had to repent. You had to have something inside that changes before you do take part in that. That's the same thing with communion. That's attractive to the world because there's been somebody down the road that says, hey, you just take this. You'll be good to go. You'll be all right. You've got to be careful. People are dying and going to hell because people in churches have told them, hey, you just do this. You'll be all right. You just keep tithing. You'll be good. That's despicable in the eyes of the Lord. All he needs is a humble heart willing to say, Lord, look at me. I'm wrong. I'm contrary to your word. I'm unholy. Forgive me. And then you're done. You're starting this new life. You've got new growth. It's like you watch a caterpillar turn into a butterfly. You leave that shell behind. There's no more ifs, ands, or. You don't have to have, as we say, you don't have to have the preacher come confirm it. There's some people, there's some churches won't accept you unless you have the preacher there to confirm it. Some churches want you to be baptized again. I think it's more important that we worry about if somebody actually got the change inside of their hearts. We, get, we can get people very confused. Oh, you're coming to the church now. You want to be a member. Never counsel about salvation. Oh, you want to be, we need to get you baptized. You ain't never been baptized? Never counsel about salvation. And you got people that take communion thinking that they're all right. That's a shame. That's false religion. And we need to rebuke that sharply. 